Hello and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Joining me this week is five-time Olympian and Ski Sunday's Graham Bell. During this episode, we'll start by looking back at the action from last weekend's women's giant slalom and slalom event in Killington in the USA and the men's downhill and super G from Lake Louise, Canada, before looking forward to this weekend's double downhill and super G from Lake Louise and finally the men's super G downhill and giant slalom competitions from Beaver Creek in the United States. Graham, thanks for joining me. What have your highlights been so far this season? Well, I've got to say, Killington did a fantastic job. I mean, if you saw the pictures, then the crowd were just incredible. It looked mega, you know, didn't it? I think it was something like 60,000 over the weekend, so 30,000 people in the crowd uh, and supporting everyone. A really uh, intelligent and uh, knowledgeable ski racing crowd over there. And they weren't too... Um Michaela Schifrin happy? No, no, there was no kind of. It was a little bit partisan, obviously. The noise didn't get any snowballs. Didn't get any no, snowballs. There was, but there was no <laughs> snowballs or or, uh, or bottles thrown onto the course, uh, like has happened uh, in certain places in the world, like Austria. Yeah, exactly. No, it looked like a fantastic event, giant slalom. Yes, I mean, uh, Schifrin hasn't really been firing in giant slalom. Not quite the races. Just not yet, quite. She? She's not like the. Uh, the Olympic champion, you know, she is the Olympic champion in giant slalom, and uh, she just doesn't seem to have that set up right. I mean, she was able to fight her way down Solden, but it didn't really work in uh, in Killington. Yeah, it looks like she's getting it in times, doesn't it? But just a bit patchy in terms of how often she's able to replicate those great turns. It's just not that consistency isn't just quite there yet. But like she's so used to having in slalom anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, in in slalom, a different ball game. But in in the giant slalom, I think it was down the second run from uh, Brignoni uh, was just incredible. There was a big, uh, and she was lying in second after the first run um, with. Uh, Mo Winkel leading yeah, after, Mo Winkel's. The first, after the first run. She she didn't have a brilliant second run, still manages to manage to place uh, in second, but that was down to the fact that Brignoni had skied out such an incredible lead. Although Brignoni, only, you know, she was second in the first run, second in the second run. It was actually Katarina uh, uh, Linsberger of Austria who won that second run. Uh, obviously had a, the advantage of, of going early. She started second on the second run. But uh, well, that's you know, what you got to do, isn't it? That's the whole point of getting you. Yeah, and it gives you. Yeah, and she's young. She's ninety-seven year of birth, so uh, it really gives her a, kind of a bit of a boost having won a World Cup run. But uh, and also yeah. the Austrians as well, though, isn't it? Because it's nice to see some of the Austrians coming back to the forefront after having a relatively lean period with with the women's side. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know Stephanie Brunner uh, has always kind of showed promise, and she has a brilliant technique. I love the way that she gets those hip angles. You know, and Sweet, just isn't it? absolutely fun. She's like a kind of, she was like Anna Feniger when before she was Anna Fight. Yeah. Um, just able to just look so flexible, just to kind of drop her hip into the turn and, and really kind of risk everything. Uh, she ended up third, and and Schifrin just off the podium in in fourth. As I say, just didn't look to have the the the, the setup right, and I would have thought with the snow conditions as they were, you know, I don't know. It wasn't that it wasn't that uh, aggressive um, yeah. as as it could have been because uh, it was it wasn't that cold and you know I thought that Schifrin could have done you know on last year's form would have done better. Yeah, I I, I picked her for the double and uh, I didn't she didn't pull through for me. But I think she's she's just not quite at the races yet. And like you say, I think she's still playing around with the equipment. You see her testing out different bindings to go with her, her skis and stuff. Maybe looking at. Some other options yeah, to try. Yeah, certainly in GS, something. in GS, but in slalom, yeah, 
if we move on to the slalom, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. she Go. was, she was, yeah, again, kind of. I think she was actually better in Killington than she was in Levy. Uh, she won both, but I had a feeling that she could have won Levy by a lot more than she did. It's almost like she. The thing is, I think she probably realizes she doesn't really have to get into Top Gear, does she? she? She's always got a little bit more if she needs it. If she makes a mistake, she can act, then hammer it. She's not. Yeah. She doesn't look like she's taking the risk, but then she doesn't need to. Verhova was six tenths back in second place. Hans Dotter a second back in third yes. place, and I think she's uh, Schifrin's quite comfortable skiing at 90% isn't she and, and, and still winning, winning World Cups. and still winning in slalom anyway and if she can pick up points in the speed disciplines uh, then you know unless she hurts herself uh, you're already looking at Schifrin to win the overall well she's uh, got title. a stranglehold on it already like you would have thought like Wendy Holdner who's her closest rival last year and then th- this year she's Holdner was sixth in the slalom she's not been anywhere yet in GS I mean she's put in a couple of decent runs but she's we haven't seen her yeah, Wendy doesn't look to be the the same kind of fiery, kind of explosive skier that she was. A bit looser last year, yeah, wasn't she? A bit yeah. more risk-taking this year. Yeah. I don't know whether there's a bit more pressure because it's sort of expected that she's the one to challenge for the overall, but it's not. It could come from uh, Michelle Gizin, an overall challenge, but she's got to step her downhill up. She's got to start winning in the speed disciplines because of the way the points work, then you've got to really be scoring podiums. Yeah, you know you've got to be like Hirscher, always on a po- yeah. on a podium, um, because it drops away after third so so quickly that if you want to win the overall World Cup, it's about the number of podiums you score. You know, and Schifrin can rack them up for fun in slalom, yeah. and, and yeah. you know gets close in GS. Yeah. And if she gets the right day, obviously like at the Olympics, yeah. you know, if she finds that form again, then nobody's going to be able to touch her. So yeah, looking good for Schifrin so far, but you know it's early days in the season, and then uh, you know she's obviously. Uh, Racing speed uh, this weekend in, in Lake Louise, which should be quite interesting. Yeah, I think too. it's going to be really fun to see her strap on the long skis. And just quickly, uh, uh, Bernadette Shield. Yes. After yeah, her yeah. Uh, quicker second run in Levy last week, and then to come here finishing fourth in slalom again is another sort of step in the right direction for her to start actually challenging. Because she's definitely got the skills, right? She's definitely got the technique, but just hasn't quite managed again to find consistency well as I say the Austrians the Austrians have, have, have we're seeing a resurgent of, uh, of the Austrian women's tech team with Schilt uh, well Gal Huber uh, yeah. Gal Huber won a bronze in Pyeongchang didn't she yeah. um, Katerina Trupper uh, and then uh, Katerina Linsberger as well but you've got uh, the, they seem know, to sort of finish in like the latter half of the top 10 and we haven't really seen the old like Zettel, you know, challenging for well, Wins yeah. or Kierkegaard or any of those they, guys. They so haven't like, quite challenged, you know, that that kind of top three spots. And it, and it was in slalom. It was Schifrin, Holdner, Hansdotter. Yeah, you know, they they were the, they last year. It was those three, and uh, the Austrians hadn't really got anyone who could really challenge yeah, exactly. that yet. Yeah, um, but they they are starting to get close. You know, you got to say that they're starting to. Uh, yeah, they're knocking the door. I yeah. think, you know, hopefully, for them anyway. This season, we can see. A bit of a resurgence. I think the Austrian press will like it. I don't think they can take much, much more of. Uh, and Alex, Alex Tilly, we've got, to, we've got to mention Alex Tilly if we're talking about. Uh, yeah, she skied. Uh, she skied really well. Killington. Well, she finished twenty-first again. I think she's been twenty-first. I think is it three? That's the third time in a in a row twenty-first in Killington. I think the first run was good, sixteenth on the first run but then didn't deal with the offset of the second run quite It's so hard, long. isn't it, the pressure, especially like DNFing last time out when she skied so well at the top half of Solden. And then, yeah. and then I guess that sort of must have been playing on her mind a little bit to the fact that she's you know, managed to 
come 16th in the first run than to come and try and again fight and, and put down your best second run when you've got a bit of pressure as well as the swinging offset I think yeah, it's really tricky but yeah. good for her confidence and I think there's more to come from her isn't there I think so definitely so the men were in uh, well the women were in Killington uh, the men were in Smashing Lake Louise late Louise actually yeah and it started off uh, it, before the, the kind of controversy started off before the re- race even began uh, when Eric Gay announced his oh, retirement and during the uh, training run <laughs> yeah, in the t- mid training <laughs> runs that's it I quit. I think he did the training run and then he retired in the hotel and he pulled out of the race. So he watched uh, his teammate, uh, Manny Osborne Parody, crash and smashed his tib and fib, kind of like Shemi did. Um, I think it might have been... She did hers in like Louis as well. It's the same spot on the course, I think. Just not before coaches come. Yeah. Um, so massive crash. I think Eric Gay saw that on TV because he was watching and then... That was that, enough. That, that was, was enough, and he—I think—he made the decision already in the start gate. He did his training run. He went back to the hotel and he packed his bags. And he packed his bags on a, on a very illustrious career, an amazing career. Know, yeah, double world champion, and uh, you know, a, a fantastic uh, ambassador for yeah. skiing. Like in terms of you know technique, kids watching somebody ski racing, yeah. the guys. A very good technical downhiller. Exactly. You know, Which you don't always all, get. No, no, no. Yeah, there's, there's many ways to, to win a downhill, but Eric uh, Gay did it. In, From the textbook. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Max Franz taking the win. Well, this is, yeah, this is the peculiar one because it was a 1-2. So, so was it a start numbers race? Uh, did the wind have an effect on it? I, d- I don't know. Uh, Innerhofer actually was, was leading at the, at the second last split just as it came off from steep to flat. And I think you say um, that Innerhofer, it's not a classic Innerhofer track, is it? No. Innerhofer likes it a bit more mental and, yeah. and rough and ready and Lake Louise typically isn't that. No, no, so, but it was tough this year. It was tough this year. It's still slick. Don't get me wrong. You know, Lake Louise is never going to be an easy. Yeah. It's not an easy downhill by any means. But, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, um, and four, it's after crashing training and then finishing in sixth. Yeah, I think Shemi, Shemi had a, an opinion was that uh, with Eric Gay retiring and then a couple of crashes in training that a lot of the guys just backed off slightly. I'm, I'm oh, not, I don't know. I'm not so sure. Um, I think that everyone You was, know what it's like standing in, yeah, a, in a World was, Cup downhill. Everyone was going for it. I just, you know, I think that there maybe was some wind on the top of the course. Uh, you know, looking at the, 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 the split times of that, of that top sections, then... Uh, I think that the wind maybe picked up and I went went back down again. I think Kriechmeier did particularly well on the lower part of the course, but lost a lot of time on the top. I think what, with the men's downhill and Super G, it's so open that it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be, you know, small changes, maybe the wind slightly or the conditions ever so slightly can make such a big difference because the guys are, are fighting with such small margins that anything, any tiny little bit of deficit or good luck is magnified because the margins are so incredibly small. I mean, it really is. I mean, there's anyone in that you know top twenty could win the race. Yeah. Anybody in the yeah. top twenty. So it it's uh, it's pretty difficult for the bookies to to kind of pick the the right odds. But it's interesting. It's nice to see the the two Americans back. Uh, Travis. Yeah, Travis Ganong and uh, and uh, Steve Nyman back as well after injury. Yeah, the the younger Austrian uh, Johannes Kroll. Uh, oh, you tipped it, didn't you? Tip, you tipped him for a podium. Uh, no, 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 that not, no, not in that. I, who did I pick for the podium? He didn't get it. Uh, and there's certainly no. I did. I did pick him. I picked him for a podium. 
Uh, he didn't. Uh, he didn't deliver. He finished in tenth. But it's still uh, less than a second off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. just over a second off. Sorry, but he's actually the. Uh, he's the son of Klaus, Klaus Kroll's cousin. He's got. He's a got step good blood. nephew, <laughs> or uh, yeah, a second nephew, a nephew twice removed. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, Klaus Kroll, one of the famous Austrian downhillers. Yeah, that guy can tuck. That yeah. guy. That that guy's got. Yeah. Um, Tucks off your second uncle twice removed. You're gonna be, <laughs> you're gonna do all right. Yeah. So watch. Yeah, I'd say yeah. Watch out for the Austrians and uh, Svindal. Well, a little bit of disappointment in the downhill, but then uh, steps made up, up from Enzrud, didn't he? Fifth. Yeah. Fifth in the Super G, but yeah. Let's move on to the Super G with Jansrud again taking the win. Close with Kriegmeier, only 0.14 off, uh, and then Kavietzel in third place. But Jansrud and Super G podiums going hand in hand the guy just is going to be there or thereabouts regardless isn't he, he skied so well yeah I mean I, I, I you know having seen the downhill I didn't think that uh, I mean Jansud was favourite going in for the Super G having seen the way that the downhill was such a surprise I was I was really surprised that the you Super were G, yeah, you were, were ready for more you were ready for more of an race and it didn't happen in the end and then yeah, like you, you touched on earlier Kriegmeier just building on that form from last season just seems to be hitting the ground running skiing so quickly already yeah, and I think we're going to see you know notching up a few top steps. Well, definitely, definitely. I think the whole of that Austrian uh, that Austrian that group speed moving team well, are yeah, they're starting to, to to move on up. Some of the kind of the more traditional, like the, the French, maybe not quite there as as much as they were. The Italians maybe not quite there. Yeah, as definitely much the Italians have slipped back, haven't they? The French have not not really been at the forefront of speed skiing for yeah. for a couple of seasons now. But the Italians with Peter Phil and Dominic Paris. You know, challenging week in week out. Um, well, Paris is still there and thereabouts. You know, yeah, you know, but I mean, in terms of like, like you say, the units of these teams which yeah. are growing and moving forward as a group. I think the Austrians right. have got youngsters coming in. That's the thing. And the Swiss. Yeah, and the Swiss too. But yes, interesting, interesting way the things are panning out on the speed side. Uh, on the men's tour, it's it's so open. Oh, it's in both in both downhill and super G. It is nice to see sort of to have a winner come from anywhere. Makes yeah. it nice. It makes it sort of nice and fresh. You're not looking at two guys. It makes it really <laughs> difficult. Really <laughs> difficult to call. Like. Makes us look stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Let's have a quick look at the upcoming races this weekend. The women are in Lake Louise. They've got a double downhill and a super G coming up. Conditions look good. Yeah, conditions are good in Lake Louise. The tracks there from the men's and uh, the weather is good. The big thing is that we're missing the the two big stars of of the women's speed. Yeah, uh, we're missing Sofia Goggia because she went and broke her ankle, ankle. Uh, about was it about three or four weeks ago now. Just... And Lindsay Vaughn picked up a, a knee injury in training uh, in the U.S. So. Uh, Goggi is, I think, set to come back kind of mid... Yeah, aiming mid, for January, isn't she? Mid-January time. And uh, Vaughn is talking about coming back for, for Samaritz, but they're both not there in Lake Louise. So it really opens it up for anyone, uh, for a double downhill and a Super G, perfect conditions. Uh, and, you know, I think that the, the women are going to go out and make hay. Yeah, <laughs> most, yeah most certainly. You know, like we just talked about how the men's is wide open, maybe the women's in Lake Louise is going to be open for different reasons but it means that we're in for some exciting racing and I think it's going to be really hard to call who's going to come out on top it's going to be quite the uh, open race well we've in, in training there's been some interesting uh, results in the the first training run 
first training run was... Uh, oh, yeah. So it was Kira Weidele uh, from Germany. Skied out of the 30s to win to win the training run. That was the first training run. And then the second... Was that the second training run? That was the second training yeah, run. Yeah, she won the second training run. The first training run was won by Shire. Christina Shire, the, the, the Austrian. Romain uh, Miradoli of uh, France in second. Tamara Tipler third. You know, it's... Uh, it's not the established names, is no, it? No, it's not, definitely not. We're not used not. to seeing these. And I mean, it, is the, it is the first race of the women's speed, so we are going to see some new names coming up, aren't oh, we? Oh, definitely. So I mean, we've got to. I mean, Youngsters uh, coming through, taking the opportunities, and I hungry think, for them. I think that uh, Cornelia Hooter has got to be my favourite for the win. She had a couple of training runs. Looking at the split times, if you go onto the FIST website, if it's actually working, if you go onto the FIST website and you can download the PDF and you get the results analysis and standings, and then you look through how they did in the last split, and if they've suddenly thrown the brakes on, they've, they've lost three quarters of a second in the last split, and they were leading the training run, then suddenly they're games. Yeah. They're playing a few games, and I think uh, Hooter's been doing that in the two training runs. When you've got Ilka, Ilka Stuhetz coming, Ilka back, from Stuhetz, her, coming yeah. back from injury last season, if she can find any of the form that she had before she got injured, yeah. she's going to win. But it's a big ask to come straight back from injury, having not raced for a whole year, to come back and win. But Ilka Stewart loves Lake Louise. The she conditions likes it big and fast, doesn't she? And the it? conditions are good. So And she's had training runs. So if the weather was bad, then it would be a struggle for her. But She can see everything. The snow's going to be good. She's going to have a good start number, obviously. And she's so. getting up to speed. Maybe maybe she won't win the first race, but she, maybe she'll win the second. I think she's. Gonna, I think she. And I then, think she'll be yeah. there or thereabouts. And then the, you know the bookies have got Schifrin as four to one mm. to win the downhill. I can't, I can't help but think that's uh, that's that's somebody that doesn't really know, <laughs> really know that much of what they're going you, on about. Just chucking a Schifrin name. <laughs> you never know. You never know. No. Um, be interesting to see how uh, Gizin gets on because if she's to really challenge for the overall title, then she needs to step it up in, in Lake Louise. And Lara Goot as well. Now Goot Barami. You know, she likes it when it's a bit quicker. And I think, like you say, with the conditions like they are, they're cold, they're going to be, sun's going to be out, the snow's slick, and uh, it's going to be rough. So maybe Lara Goot's going to try and find some of that old form that she had a few seasons ago yeah. in speed and see if she can come out on, on top. And I think it's going to be similar in, in the Super G, isn't it? But I mean, Schifrin could get a bit closer in the Super G, potentially. Yeah. Who, who are we going to see sticking their arm in the air for Well, it? for that one, for the Super G, Esther Ledetska... <laughs> <laughs> is she going to be on a snowboard or is she going to be on her skis she's there she's training um, she's the Olympic Super G champion I don't think she's going to win um, I think that your favourites are going to be Schifrin Fight maybe even Weireiter in Super G yeah um, and then yeah there's a couple of Austrians that could sneak in there as well Brunoni I think Brignoni, she's won in Super G in the past. but It, it depends a, how offset it is, doesn't it? Yeah, if, if it's yeah. a bit more of a giant slow set, but she's yeah, going to be riding yeah. hard crest of a big wave. She though. won that Super G in, um, in Bad Klein Kirchheim last year. So it was really, really technical and bu- bumpy and rough. And I can't see... I mean, Lake Louise Super G will be kind of like just a, a kind of slightly turnier version of the yeah, downhill. downhill. And it's not going to be a technical ski. Having said that, we're saying that Schifrin could win it. Schifrin could win it. She could win it, but it's un- I think it's it's unlikely that she's going to win it. Uh, shall we move across to the men? So yeah, final race of the weekend. Men's in Beaver Creek. Uh, it's snowing heavily in Colorado. Really heavy. So they've had only had one training run. Yeah, that was won by uh, Otmar Striedinger. But interestingly, uh, his teammate Vincent Kriegmeier of uh, of Austria. 
he was leading, but he really put the brakes on yeah, uh, in the yeah. last split. So Kriechmeier, of the of the the one training run that we've had, Kriechmeier has been the fastest. But like you say, I think this that there is a hell of a lot of snow coming down at the moment, and they've got they are due to have Super G first, and then downhill, and then giant slalom. But it's it's it is really coming down, and doesn't look like it's supposed to let up. So the the course crews are going to have their work cut out. All yeah. the speed guys. Yeah. Well, it's set to clear up for the giant slalom on Sunday. We've lost two training runs. We've got we're going to try and have a super G, try and have a downhill. It just plays into the hand of the old guard, doesn't it? The guys that have done the track. 20, 30 times more, some of them. So I think you know, any of the younger guys, some of the, the less experienced guys are going to just have less track time, right? So they're not going to know the course as inside out. as. Yeah, I think and, so. I mean, I think... Um, and bib numbers are going to play a big part if they do get it underway with these soft conditions. So. Yeah, well, yeah. And bib numbers could, well, they could play a part in that, you know, you suddenly might have, you know, someone with a higher start Well, number. like a, yeah, snow seeds. Well, like, <laughs> well, like Striedinger, it might suddenly clear up. And yeah, so again, it's just taking what was already quite a difficult race to call men's speed and making it even harder yeah. to call by adding in the other Elements. big variable yeah. of, of the weather. So, um, you know, I'd say if I had to pick a winner, I'd go with Kriechmeier for to win. The uh, downhill. The downhill. The Super G, maybe Kriechmeier again for the Super G. Yeah, I mean uh, he he is skiing incredibly well, and he does in, like this track in um, Beaver Creek. Beaver Creek, Birds of Prey, he really does suit his uh, his abilities. Uh, look out for the other Austrians, Max Franz. Yeah, Max Franz, uh, Matthias Meyer. Franz after winning the downhill late, yeah. he's going to be pumped and ready to go. But obviously, it's going to be quite diff- different conditions there. Um, and then, of course, Jansrud as well. Yeah, for, you, know, you can't look past yeah, Jansrud is almost certainly going to be a podium. But Svindal coming fifth in the Super G in Lake Louise to come back to Beaver Creek with that horrific injury. I wonder how much that well, plays on his mind. Well, anymore. I think Svindal has always said he's got a love-hate relationship with Beaver Creek. He's had some of his best victories there, uh, but he's also had some really bad crashes and in the potentially life-threatening uh, crash yeah, gotcha. a few years ago with internal injuries and uh, kept him off, off snow for, for over a year, I yeah. think, the best part of. Um, so he has a love-hate relationship with the Birds of Prey, but uh, you know he'll, he'll definitely step up to the mark, I think, Spindle, yeah. over the weekend at some stage in the downhill of Super G, if we get to race. That's the big if. And it's, a, it's, a, it's such a cool piece to race, isn't it? That, that track has everything, doesn't it? Big jumps, flat sections, steep sections. It's very high. It's got technical turns. It's got speed sections where you're kind of hanging on to an edge at speed. It's got compressions. It's got big jumps, some big air. Pretty much got everything. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a really classic course. It's a great course. So let's fingers crossed that we get that down. And then Giant Slalom to finish us off. It's, again, one of the most difficult Giant Slaloms. It's super long. It's nearly a minute and a half per run up yeah. at that altitude. It really, really, really works them hard. And, uh, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, the likes of Ted Ligeti uh, win spectacularly in the giant slalom in Beaver Creek in the past. I'm hoping that Ted will be there and thereabouts. But I think it's really between the kind of the three, the top three men's GS skiers, uh, Hirscher, Christofferson and Pantera. Yeah. That's your that's your podium with maybe Ligeti sneaking in there. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be um, nice Mufa to see has got a chance. The French guys are skiing fast, aren't they? So... And yeah, uh, but I, uh, we've we've not seen the men race GS. Yet no, so season. it's a bit of an un, it's a little bit of an unknown, isn't it? You're sort of going off a little bit of last year, a little bit of instincts of who you think's gonna of who you think's gonna do well. So I think it is incredibly tricky to call a winner. But 
you're right. You can't look past Hirscher, really, and Christofferson. Pantero's, well, Pantero. a, Pantero's a bit of an... Un, I mean, he on his day, he mix it with those guys, but he, can, he does get you know, hot and cold. He blows hot and cold as Pantero, and, you know, disappointing in Levy, crashed out. Was it first run or mm. second run? First run, I think first it was. First run, it was out, yeah. Um, but that is Pantero. It tends to happen to him in slalom that he crashes out. French team are skiing well. They didn't the technical team. They didn't manage to convert that into results no. in Levy, but they were flying. But they were absolutely ripping, weren't yeah, they? So it's another good group we were talking about earlier with the, with the groups of countries, the nations that are pushing forward as a team, and the French yeah. are certainly fitting that bill. So I would say watch out for for those you know those French uh, races coming through as a team to get a good block in that kind of top yeah. ten. But yeah, Hirscher, Christofferson for for maybe the top of the podium. Yeah, if, if slalom's anything to go by, then they were they were in a different kind of level different of class, racing in, in, yeah. in Levy. But yeah, yeah, uh, no, you can get good odds on Ted Ligeti, sixteen to one to win. But you never know. Ted's been a kind of he's not been kind of there for the last couple of years. No, he hasn't. Obviously, that hunger's still there, but it's it's evolving again. Yeah. You know, when he when we moved onto those longer radius skis, he was the first person to really master how to turn those now we've gone back to the other ones he's not mastered it as yet yeah in the same respects he did before so you know these other guys are just taking a bit of a jump on him whether he'll whether we'll see him yeah i mean technically in in giant slalom with the radius of the ski and and the way that the ski can actually turn because it's not just about radius because the manufacturers have worked out a way of getting these skis to yeah. you know bite at the top of the turn by using a slight rocker and you know using other methods of, of yeah. getting the skis to bite in there at the top of the turn. It's not quite back to what it was prior to the uh, thirty-five meters prior to the thirty-five yeah. meter radius, but it's getting close. It's getting close. You can you can watch the guys in transition. The, the the pivot is a lot less than it used to be. The best guys, that transition is so clean, so smooth, and the, and there's barely any pivot here. Just straight onto that edge is the on off accelerating. Yeah. yeah, and now I'm really looking forward to the to watching the GS in Beaver Creek because that that will be an absolutely classic race, and it, and I think it'll uh, it'll give us an indication of where GS is kind of sitting again. It's going to be an action-packed weekend. Thanks very much for joining me, Graham. I think we're both looking forward to a fantastic weekend of racing. Fingers crossed we get all the races done. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, Thanks looking forward much. to watching it. Cheers.